I mean, let's face it. All this stuff comes down to the serenity prayer. Divest the energy I'm putting into things that I have not a chance in hell of controlling. And the list is endless. And it's automatic. It's not like I'm consciously doing that. And invest that same energy into things that I can do something about. And my life transforms. Welcome to Emotional Sobriety. Welcome to the pod. Good morning, Tom. How, how's you? How's it hanging? I love it. I, welcome to the pod. It's like I, I'm happy to be here. Sounds you futuristic. Know, I, I, well, it, it, it sounds better than what I was saying to somebody earlier. I'm off to cast my pod, and I thought, I better not ever say that again. Same so with I how's it I, hanging? How's it hanging? It just you know <laughs> brings to mind all kinds of awful connotations. <laughs> I've just started the second year with this book and I'll recommend this to people. It's, it's, it's called the daily stoic. It's by Ryan holiday and, uh, and Stephen Hasselman, January 29th is called keep it simple, which I immediately looked and said, each day presents the chance to overthink things. <laughs> so, <laughs> we'll see. Actually, we'll see. I, I'm always up there. I'm always worried about underthinking things. So this is like a real, um, this is a real problem because uh, how do I find that happy medium between, yeah, the two extremes? But you know what? I don't, you know, and, and this, this, because huh. the first thought I had when you said that was, I don't think, I don't think we have the capacity and I, and I'll, maybe I'm talking about humankind, but I may, I'm also talking about just knowing you and me. I don't think either one of us has the capacity to underthink things. I think our thinking is off, but I don't know that it's, that, that it's necessarily underthinking it. It's, it's not getting focused on what we need to be thinking about. I mean, let's face it. All this stuff comes down to the serenity prayer. Divest the energy I'm putting into things that I have not a chance in hell of controlling and the the list is endless and it's automatic. It's not like I'm consciously doing that and invest that same energy into things that I can do something about. And my life transforms. I heard somebody say in a meeting the other day, he kept saying, bring the body, you know, to whatever problem you <laughs> have to be facing, make yourself available. And even in your not comprehending to mm -hmm. sort your way through the challenges. Well, I think it also means come back to your body. Actually, my pinball mind was going going crazy thinking about what what we were going to do with with the, today's podcast today, and and I took had thirty minutes to take a walk with with Lucas, and I and I practiced one of the things that I've been practicing recently with that's been uh, amazing and challenging, and that is I just simply narrated my walk. With the mantra, uh, you know, we did that thing with the with the YouTube thing not long ago about mantra psychology, and, and since we've done that, I've been really practicing it with it even more. And just, I'm just, I was, you know, and all I did in my mind was I went out to the observer self and just repeated, "I am walking this, I, I'm walking this path," and I was being literal. This was not a metaphor, but it, it's, and I just, I just kept saying it, and my mind would wander off. I'd come back instead of instead of a breath counting meditation coming back to one. I would just come back to, and I would just, and I would just be very tuned in to seeing the path that I'm walking, very familiar place out back in my on my my property behind my house, and see Lucas up ahead of me running. I would I would watch this stuff, and I would just say, "I'm walking the path." I'm walking the path, you know, I'm walking the path. And then I, what I noticed, and I don't, I don't think this is here or there, but I was, I, I like, it was interesting to me. I, I, I began to notice that I was saying I'm walking the path. I, I was saying I'm walking this path and it changed to I'm walking the path. And, and the metaphor just sort of, sort of, sort of cut, came in. It was sort of like, if there's inner, inner guidance, you know, it's almost like, no, oh, this is a good one. Just, let's just, let's let Rutledge go with that one. I am walking the path because that's being in the present. And it's like, it was so calm. 
you know, and yet there's always that voice over there that says, I think we're supposed to be doing something else. <laughs> it's funny. It's the human brain is such a powerful machine. It's like, um, it's like a rodeo. We're like on top of it, trying to like get it, <laughs> get it, it to obey like us. A, yeah. <laughs> we're bull riders. You know? Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. That's what it feels like for me. Um, but you know, another aspect of underthinking versus overthinking mm -hmm. is the dilemma of my addiction is that the things my brain told me were a good idea or that I ought to do for so many years were so toxic and awful mm -hmm. that, mm -hmm. um, and this is where I think, you know, the work we've been doing Thursday nights about self-esteem has been really instructive is that, um, you know, learning to kind of trust your own point of view again. So much of the earlier part of our lives, people can define it as living by default. You know, it's like we're not, we're, we're, and it's fine. It's like the circumstances kind of nudge us this way and that way. And we're doing it. How did you, why did you become, how did you become, you know, how did you become a therapist, Tom? It's like, well, it's sort of, sort of, you know, it's like maybe there was some grand plan, but, but it's like, I never meant to do this. I don't have any memory whatsoever of making a conscious decision. It's like it got there by, by default. And so what you're talking about too is just, is living, you know, and we, when we begin to awaken, what we want to do is be aware of how we live by default. And again, it's not, that's not, that's not a bad thing. It's just a thing. Uh, but we want to live by decision rather than default. And we want to basically say, no, I want to actually make more decisions about, about conscious decisions. And sometimes people are going back to that. Like we're doing that before they, they hit addiction or they hit some other disturbance, but most of us, we never were there, you know, and I, and I have a feeling that, you know, yeah, you can now with hindsight, look back and say, I was doing the things my brain told me to do, but I'll bet you didn't think that way then. Right. Well, it was, uh, there was an aspect of autopilot. Yes. Where, autopilot's a good one. Right, yeah. I was just following. And I think, you know, I was talking to somebody about recovery yesterday and, um, we were just talking a lot about like the pleasure seeking, um, drive. Rather than mm -hmm. like divorced from like meaning or, you know, context or but just being in a constant yeah. mode of needing to get loaded, needing to um, feel great, to, needing mm -hmm. to moderate whatever the stimuli was that was coming through. Paradoxically, if you're uh, organizing your uh, every your waking life around experiencing pleasure nonstop, mm -hmm. you're not going to you're not going to have a very uh, happy life. You're not going to be you're not, you're not going to have a firm grip on anything because like life is a uh, peaks and valleys you know it's uh you can't just like you can't be at that pitch constantly to go back to the emotional sobriety sort of tenets is, is like you, you, the, that immediately leaves you with a almost a constant not take take almost out a constant unrealistic expectation and and the expectation is not that i'm going to feel good the expectation is that i'm always going to or, yeah. that, or that, or that I'm always supposed to be. That's that. That's that's the point. Or even the 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 understanding that that's or the belief that that's the point. Mm -hmm. You know, which yeah. I mean, just what you just said, Patrick. In terms of, I mean, there's so so many things we talk about in this stuff that that, that comes back around and around. And and, I, and as I as I pay attention to it, and listen to to both participate in, but also listen to our conversations and go like just that dis that that distinction not not even saying you not saying in, instead of seeking pleasure as the point what you know seek meaning 
we just posing, just creating the alternative, you know, because I think a lot of times that's what what's what personal growth work is, not just therapy, but personal growth work in general is, is in, and well, and Alan talks about this a lot and uses the term with, with, with you know, the new possibilities. It's like, how would your life, I, I love, I love questions like this that are, I call them magnet questions. It's like not, not rhetorical questions where you don't answer them, but just really answer them a lot over and over. And that is, how would my life be different if my ultimate measure was in, in finding meaning versus finding pleasure? Yeah. I mean, I mean how that's much the gamble that... I'm taking is yeah. <laughs> that meaning is going to generate, I think, a lot more pleasure in the long term. Well, but okay, but see, listen. So, so okay, I'm, so we're my therapist self response here. So I'll just let him talk. It's like, yeah, but you you just implied that pleasure is still the ultimate goal. So, okay, is meaning going to take me to pleasure? It's like, you know, no, we don't know that, you know. But my the, the other, so I would I would pose another uh, magnet question, which is, is it possible that that acquiring you know gathering meaning feeling having the feeling of of purpose and meaning is is preferable to pleasure no you're absolutely right we need to uncouple those uh I, yeah, yeah. I recognize that yeah but i realize but see now this is a place where this is a good time just to remind people too that that don't get fucking lost in the language it's like it's lang language limits everything you know it's it's like i mean we've all had experiences you know bad experiences or we hopefully many of us have had really good experiences that we will describe as really beyond description and we mean it i mean we'll say that we'll use that as an expression but sometimes it's just like I don't know how to put that into words. It's like that's because that's because language limits what we can what we can do. It's like you know I, I I love language. I mean that that part I meant to do not 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 being a therapist but being a writer mm -hmm. uh, and and doing that that kind of work. I love what words do, but be aware that that because I realized as I was asking you that question is that in my my understanding of, of the language is I, I am suggesting in my language that the acquiring sense of purpose and meaning is more pleasurable okay so so the idea is is, is, is again the word the word don't let the word pleasure get in the right. way i like that expression uh, don't get lost in the sauce it's a good one <laughs> I love that. No, but I, I, I think that. I think of everything and many things. I'm always thinking about movies. For whatever mm -hmm. reason, we were talking about um, meaning versus pleasure. Mm -hmm. I just thought about that scene in the Shawshank Redemption when mm -hmm. um, Andy uh, cuts a deal with uh, one of the guards to um, uh, to drop some papers, um, some tax return documents for one of the guys, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. in order for uh, his working crew that are tar papering the roof to get uh, some beers to mm -hmm. celebrate, uh, to celebrate, you know, uh, all the work they've been doing during the summer. Mm -hmm. And, um, and anyway, uh, what, what ultimately happens is that um, the boys all get beers and they're kind of like celebrating at the end of a long day of toil. Um, and uh, one of the guys offers the beer to him, you know, for cutting the mm -hmm. deal for organizing mm -hmm. this whole thing, for what reason they have, God knows what. Right, and, right. and and he's like, nope, sorry, gave up drinking. But he just sits there with a little satisfied smile on his face. And, uh, you know, it, the, the mission, the meaning being to give dignity to, you know, his coworkers and uh, to yes. kind of feel a part of again in, in this dehumanizing place. Mm -hmm. And uh, 
And I just love, you know, like the little microcosm of that, of like, you know, just mm-hmm. finding a way to organize the material realm in a way that uh, obeys your imagination and kind of like, you know, in this case, yeah, just reminds mm-hmm. some people of their humanity. But, uh, you know, he's not taking uh, a drink because. Bo- yeah. Oh, I love it. No, because it's. Yeah. And so it's so all we. OK, so all we need to do in this conversation is just say, say, you know, just beware just be don't get lost in the sauce is what you're saying it's like because because the truth is otherwise we get i I get tongue-tied trying to figure out is meaning is is you know something that's meaningful and purposeful pleasurable it's like you know go like okay well if it's a short answer test i'm saying yep you know but does it feel the same as what what you and i are talking about when we're talking about seeking pleasure in our in our uh addictive days no it's not the same it's not the same feeling well, right. And in pleasure, you know, it's it's awful for me to say, or I, I you know, it really it brings up a lot of dark uh, feelings. But like um, pleasure was what I would describe as pleasure back in those days. It wasn't it was just like not engaging. <laughs> it was mm-hmm. it was a disengagement and um, like a kind of staying out of the light. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, which I mean, how pleasurable is that really? I mean, it was really just kind of like, uh, yeah, just trying to escape from consciousness. Um, right. Mis- misery, you know, pleasure, pleasure, that form of right. pleasure for me was a form of misery or it became that. that well, know? that's a beautiful way to say that because it's like, because, it, yeah, because it's avoidance, it's isolation. You know, and one of the things, you know, that I've told people for years is, you know, my depression can't kill me. My should monster can't kill me. My my addiction can't even kill me unless it's coupled with isolation. As long as, as you know, as, you know, when I, if I'm, I'm having if I'm having a bad day with any one or all of those things, if I am in touch with you and telling you what's going on with me, I'm safe. I'm good. And I still have that, that connection. The danger part is if I, if I, if I buy into that message inside my head, that culprit that tells me, you know, that, uh, no, they're not going to understand, or you don't want them to know, or, you know, whatever that is, it is the isolation that is ultimately yeah. the killer. And it's, and it's, and it's, and, and that's one of, um, well, there's a couple of things going on. I'll go on to go back to, to watch me not go off on the bunny trail. It's it's like what you just said about what's because I thought about another way of, of that. What is ple- what we used to define as pleasure is no longer is no pleasure is not pleasurable. But things that I used to define as, you know, and this is just d- human development too, not just addiction recovery, but it's like, like, you know, I, I make I make the joke sometimes that I'll say, like, if my younger self knew what 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 I considered a really good weekend, you know, he he would he would he would blow his brains out. It's like it's like, you know, the idea, you know, home home, you know, you know, Didi and I hanging out here with the, with with the dog and cats and horses and, you know, go, you know, falling asleep with a book on my chest at 930 at night. You know, it's it's like. But wait, Tom, <laughs> Tom, like, I bet. I bet there were moments where that former self wanted to wanted to like or wishes wished that he could have been the type well, of what guy he, that's that sort a good of thing. Point. Well, what he would I don't know if that's the I don't think he was smart enough for that. But 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 the idea is if there was were a way rather again, this is beyond language. If the, if I were having a convert, if I were going back in time and having a conversation with him, if I had a way of conveying to him the feeling that I that I have on on you know on a friday or a saturday like that then he would want it 
you know, but the, the word again, the words themselves, yeah. you know, we're not, we're not at a party. We're not hanging out. We're not, you know, we're not, we're not, uh, we're drinking or drugging or doing that. It's horrible, but it's like, yeah, but you're, that's a good point. The idea that if, if, if that, if we could enter, if, if we were to introduce the, what I really mean by that, you know, this, check this feeling out. And, you know, I give you the Vulcan, you know, whatever the Vulcan thing is, you give, give you the feeling you go like, uh, Oh man, that's great. You know, cause what is that? Well, it's kind of high, you know, it's kind of, it feels, I mean, I, I, I describe taking these walks out. You know, I talk about those a lot of times because, you know, I take these walks out in back of my house with my dog. It's like, I, I, that, those, you know, I feel that gets me high. Yeah. I mean, um, I, yeah, I relate to so much to what you're saying. Um, I didn't now IRS, if you're listening to this podcast, uh, I took mm -hmm. care of all my business and I've got the receipts mm -hmm. to prove it. So don't come after mm -hmm. me. But, uh, mm -hmm. when I was, uh, towards the end of my addiction or like before mm -hmm. my sobriety date, however you want to put it, um, I hadn't filed for like several years or I was like, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. I was not in any kind of state to, uh, be answerable, uh, to, right. my, <laughs> I don't know how else to put it. That was one of the, the things that I was thinking about and talking about in, you know, the first meetings I was going to and in therapy was like, this is bullshit. Like doing my taxes every year, doing all the things that we do to run our lives, all of the necessary mm -hmm. business, you know, is like, well, why wouldn't I want to just like uh, forego that completely and just like fall into a scumbag vortex. <laughs> but mm -hmm. now, now I'm very answerable to, uh, mm -hmm. to, to, to taxes and, you know, mm -hmm. laundry and all the, you know, mm -hmm. uh, the many things that like I wouldn't put on, on in the column of like awesome fun activities. Does it feel good to get your taxes done? It's like, hell yeah. I can say that with great enthusiasm. You know, it's it's like it's like because I know that that feeling and get that. And, and it's like, but if you say that's is that pleasant, is that pleasant? You go like, well, that's if I'm really being I can I can the short answer is sure, but it's like, no, that's not what I'm talking about. You know, for you and I, it's not because oh, we're you know, we're loyal and we want to be sure the government has plenty of money. It's it's like it's you know, it's 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 because we feel good about ourselves being responsible. Like, I mean, I'm sure I could play it out like the civic uh, principle of it or whatever, but that's not really what it's about. It's a, about a sense of belonging and uh, let's let's all get fucked together. You know, yeah, that's... yeah. Well, it's it's yeah because because we go well because you and I know we we could we could go home and do a different podcast entirely and say now let's talk about if you know what a sense of responsibility would be if if I'm if you're gonna if I'm gonna give you my money, uh, I need I need um, in in the way the representation system is set up right now I I need much more uh, I I need a much greater way of participating and helping to decide how the money is spent. Because, oh, yeah. because our, 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 our system of representation no longer does that. No, they, they, absolutely you know, not. That, the, those people are not, cons the, 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 uh, re the representatives don't really pay that much attention to what we might want, how we might want yeah, our, our no, they're, they're, they're They're lighting it on fire. Uh, they rolled it into a you know giant joint and they're smoking it in front of us. That's the way I look at it. <laughs> That's right. And that, and that, my friend, is the, the sub podcast within the podcast today you know and we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna call it we're gonna call it something patrick just named it it's the only thing i've written on my pad so far scumbag vortex yeah yeah that'd be a good name for a podcast so i'm gonna try not to, join us try join, not us, to for, join <laughs> us for come, welcome to welcome get our radio voices going welcome to scumbag vortex <laughs> that's a great radio voice
Um, <laughs> I uh, I want to hear you sell me toothpaste now. Um, yeah, but, uh, that's right. But I, I I wanted to run this by you. Um, I believe it was Roger who said it last week, and maybe Richard Warner the week before. Um, mm-hmm. You know, had brought this up, but the idea of emotional sobriety as a practice. Um, mm-hmm. and thinking of it as a practice rather than like, and, and maybe, uh, mm-hmm. I should just speak for myself, but like, I have the, uh, habit of conceiving of emotional sobriety as like this, um, this plateau that I'm going to arrive at at some point and, uh, be free of my emotional dependency and, uh, you know, run my life in this way where I'm like Neo and, uh, I'm, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I'm just like, not like, you know, not, not falling prey to, uh, yeah, just to any of like, you know, the uh, the unhealthy dependence and the uh, unreasonable demands mm-hmm. um, that come from uh, not being differentiated. But um, I uh, I was just like encouraged when Roger, who's somebody who like speaks as eloquently about mm-hmm. uh, emotional sobriety as anybody I've ever heard, um, mm-hmm. you know, to, to, ta- to say that he, it's an attempt that he makes that he doesn't always succeed in. And um, I'm emotionally uh, extremely emotionally dependent and like very in the weeds i think for a lot of my you know some of my most important relationships i, I don't feel especially differentiated on some days mm-hmm. and um i uh, i struggle a lot and uh i um but if i can think of emotional sobriety as a practice then just something i can keep striving right. towards then it, it, i i can see the light in that but right. uh it's hard man when i when i think of and i and i actually do hear it sometimes in the meetings and whatnot when people mm-hmm. will talk about it we're all kind of yearning to like be emotionally sober and but mm-hmm. it, it can be difficult because like it's sometimes we fall very short of that goal well it's no i love i think this is one of the most important things for us to be talking about uh consistently through all of this stuff and and um uh, and you're and you're and I agree with you that that uh, that that Roger Roger does a beautiful job of uh, of you know right when when Roger speaks you know I used to have a friend who say say like that his definition of genius was uh, you're a genius because you're thinking like me it's like you know it's like what a great ego thing and so I mean there's so many things that he says and he can put into words uh you know and and that's part of what we want to do and i always feel good if i can do that with you know you and you can do that with with your work as a writer it's like you know you put into words something people go like oh yes that's it you know but they didn't have just the you know we didn't have scumbag vortex until just a few minutes ago Hmm. and it took two of us to get it one of us to say it and the other one to hear it you know and and write it down so now now what you and i have to figure out what we're going to do with scumbag vortex it's like um it you know it it, it it would make a great short story i think at least um but the but but emotional sobriety this is and this is where there needs to be room for all of us i mean it's like um you know when i say this i don't i speak only for myself like you said i'm not speaking for for you or for for alan it's just like you know emotional sobriety is a way and you do hear people say how's how's your emotional sobriety what we're seeking is always right there in the middle of us it is our ultimate truth about ourselves as human beings at where we are in my again my philosophy alone it's like connected to all other things things and beings you know and we're part of you know uh ironically sort of an undifferentiated understanding that we, we get we get differentiated in order to find our place in the whole 
So it's uh, the first thing, the very first thing in the first book I ever wrote, Simple Truth, before we are one, we are many. And, you know, I'm not sure I knew what that meant at the time, but I do now know, at least I know what I think it means at this point, which is the fact that we, we understand all the parts because we can't get rid of any of that. And we're going to do that. So we use all that we learned to, to, as we go through the day, to live as closely as we can to that center point to the you know it's the and in in the in the in the book i wrote called uh earning your own respect i think it's the first time i used that that concept of this this thing running down the center of us and the idea is if there was a if there was really a measurement what we could do if there was some kind of 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 MRI that could look at that and see all that that stuff. We could look at the conversation you and I have, are having, or just if we finish it, we look at it and go like, and when there would be a line for each of us there, and we would see we were going on either side of it all the time. You know, oh look, look at, at that moment in time when you when you said that line, whoa man, Patrick, you were there. It was it was perfect. It was like you were right there, but. The truth you weren't there for long and you weren't you know but but then you know you're not far off at all but it's it's like we're coming and going and we're doing in the way i you know that because i'm just so fucking addicted to, to metaphor and, and and analogies is you know i i i liken this to like watching a tight wire work walk walker work it's like you know they stay so steady and walk down this tightrope but if you look at them if you think about what they're doing they're never still they're never right in the middle, you know, they're always ever, you know, or hell, even just take an example of something we all do every day, driving a car, you know, you hold your wheel, wheel steady. No, you don't. You're constantly existing it, but you've met, there's a, but you don't have to concentrate. We had to concentrate on it at first when we were first learning, but, but no, there's a mastery of that that has got, that is inside of us to where we can even fucking space out and be thinking about anything else and not even know we're driving and we're staying right in the middle of the road where we're supposed to be, you know? Thank God uh, for that because I space a lot while I drive. <laughs> I'm glad I'm not I, somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and it's like, it's like, uh, it, it 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 but it's but you know the, the truth is the point the point being there is that that we come and go from it all the time and we try to be as congruent with we can and what i want people to know when i'm talking to my clients about this stuff is that doesn't that doesn't mean like oh you can look forward to being in this space of wisdom or emotional sobriety you know maybe in a few weeks it's like no you could be there right now you know, you can, you, you know, in the course of a conversation I have with a client, there may be times where if we, if we, there, if there was a need, if there was a measurement or if there was a need for a measurement, I could say that, you know, may, maybe that client was in, in, in a better position with, with their relationship to their core, their center than I am in that moment. You know, it's like, all right, but that's, you know, what we're doing is we're trying to help each other hold that balance to stay on our own tight wire, you know, yeah. and, you know, I love, I love the metaphor of the, uh, tightrope walker mm -hmm. i just when another one just came to me which is um i love those song of ice and fire books and when La jamie lannister loses his sword fighting hand mm -hmm. he has to learn to sword fight he's one of the best sword fighters in the mm -hmm. seven kingdoms mm -hmm. then he has to learn to use his left hand and everything's mm -hmm. different everything's turned around and he's like you know he's terrible at it um mm -hmm. i feel like emotional sobriety because it's so uh counterintuitive to kind of like you know the matrix of uh dependency that we've mm -hmm. had <laughs> for through most of our lives that yeah it's like you know we need we're need, needing to train ourselves essentially to like you know sword fight with the left hand or writing with the left hand you know that that's another way of uh using the metaphor yep. but well um, it's that's yeah. right 
No, that and that's and and it's it, that also brings into the the neurology. I mean, it's like I understand the metaphor part, but it also brings into the literal the neuro the body again. Then the neurology of that, the, the neurological truth about that is for for years. Uh, I you know one of the ways that I that I that I have t taught um, people about the practice. You I'm sure probably, you, I probably bored you with. with this many times is how to, how to move from what do we call a con not non original to me but uh, unconscious incompetence to conscious incompetence we now we know what we don't know yeah. and we feel really bad <laughs> that's when awareness starts to ruin everything for us and then you, then with practice if you can learn how to practice you practice something and this can be recovery or this can be learning how to drive a nail and you know into wood without without hurting your hand it's like then you move to conscious competence where you're doing it right but you have to think about it and then with 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 steady practice and with with repetition you move to unconscious competence when alan said I, he said practice makes practice recently mm -hmm. or i've heard that and it sounds really good but what does like practice makes practice mean to you the practice of brushing my teeth the practice of of, of sitting on my rowing machine and, and and using my rowing machine to exercise the practice of 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 walking my dog the practice of driving a car probably better to say practice is practice it's a redefinition of the word and we we are being contaminated with by perfectionism with practice makes perfect to strive for perfection is okay right if we acknowledge that we're never going to get there you even let that go i mean I, again this is language we can always do that the perfectionist doesn't say you know do it oh good you got it you got that just right i'm so proud of you the perfectionist basically will get people to be major procrastinators because what 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 the perfectionist principle is your your greatest your greatest accomplishment is now your minimal expectation so if you if you know if you if you've never hit a 10 on a 10 scale and you hit it one time rather than say hey you did that it's like okay well that's that's the bottom line now you always have to do at least 10. it's not reasonable it's not a reasonable no. bar to, to set yeah. things no up. It's, it's no it's it, and it and it will it, it actually creates it, it actually works exactly the opposite of what we want it, it creates pain and it creates um it, it creates because of that uh pain pain uh increases our self-absorption you know and it's, right. it's supposed to when, when we hurt we pay attention to ourselves you don't practice in the pursuit of perfection some idea of perfection mm -hmm. you do it for its own sake even just showing up without being in the mood to read these lines and if i do that even if i don't feel anything from that other even if i just feel inconvenience what i believe if i'm doing it every day and I'm being consistent, and I'm being constant, not just consistent, but constant with it, it's benefited me just the same as exercise does. It doesn't matter whether I'm in the mood. It took me a long time to even have an inkling of what that meant. Hopefully I'm mm -hmm. getting close to it. Yeah. Well, um, next week, Alan will return, just like James Bond. And uh, <laughs> thank you so much for listening today. Absolutely. Peace out. Tinge your life. Tinge your myth. Cultivate your narrative with whomever you're with Then with glass in hand and children on one knee Bring some stories, bring your stories back to me It ain't a crime to be a human Never be ashamed to be yourself Rest assured that whatever you're doing entertain me like nobody else so here's to us 
my old friends Until it's time to drink the wine and break the bread again With glass in hand and children on one knee Bring some stories, bring your stories back to me Thank you.